Hello, everyone. Welcome to Storehouses, a weekly podcast brought to you by Trinity Baptist Church. I'm your host, Ethan Getrost, and with me in the studio is someone I've known for 18 years, going on 18 years now, uh, a great friend, mentor, uh, somebody who's always in my corner of the ring, Judd Cochran. Judd, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Good to be here. All right. Uh, so today we are talking about the church, a little bit about it. Uh, and specifically, we're going to talk in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Uh, and so let's just dive right in. Let's read it. This is what it says. Acts 2, 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So I think this is a great verse that kind of draws us into what the early church looked like. Yeah, and we've been talking about this for uh, almost a year now with the students in the student ministry as well. That's right. So, and this is kind of the foundation that we've used uh, to help grow not only our students, but, but also our student ministry and uh, have been teaching our students about how it can grow the church as well. So, yeah. so for yeah. those of you who don't know, Judd is the uh, youth pastor or student pastor at Trinity Baptist Church here in San Antonio. I am his associate, so I just kind of like go along with uh, his vision for what our student ministry is. And, and he's exactly right. For the last year, we've been really unboxing this passage to our students. So, Judd, what stands out to you about this verse, or, or why are we talking about it today? Well, I mean, I think that... It's kind of really the foundation for uh, the the beginning of the church. It's also a, a great foundation for us as the modern church to be able to uh, continue to do the things that, that God was blessing them with uh, in the early days of the church. And so uh, I think it goes through those. We we have five foundations and that we've been that we've been teaching yeah. the students. And so uh, those include. Right off the bat, discipleship, which is talked about in terms of devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings, right? Yes. So the apostles had authority. The apostles, being the disciples, had the authority in the early church, and they had lived the life with Jesus, and they had been around him during his uh, his ministry, and then also uh, his death, and then the resurrection, and then the, ins- the ascension. And so uh, they really knew more about uh, what it was that Jesus was teaching than anyone else. And so... Uh, that, that's one thing, and that's kind of the first thing that we talk about is uh, just this aspect of discipleship, this foundation of discipleship, uh, knowing God's Word, living out God's Word, uh, being a people of God's Word. And then we move on into uh, fellowship, which it talks about really quickly after that in verse 42. So this aspect of being around other other believers and uh, living life together with other believers and uh, being in communion with other believers all the time and lifting one another up. And then also we go into to ministry and how they um, that they sold all their possessions and gave them to anyone who had need. So uh, we talk to the students a lot about what is your ministry? 
You know, is your ministry serving uh, in the children's area? Is your ministry serving uh, the poor? Where is your ministry in, in terms of your life? So is it in the church? Is it outside the church? Where is your ministry? And then we also talked about uh, worship and how they gathered in the temple courts as well and uh, personal worship and corporate worship which is something that we're trying to do is incorporate students into corporate worship as well as in student ministry worship but there's also personal worship as well and then uh, uh, and then evangelism so uh, reaching out and, and sharing your story and God's love and uh, what that means to you and how it's changed you uh, so that has the ability to to change other people's lives as well so those are kind of our found our five foundations that that we've been going through this past year and, and really it sets you up for um what god's trying to do in each individual's lives but also the church as well so so what are some things that when you model the student ministry uh, how do you use this passage to kind of model uh your goals your vision maybe or, or some things that you're doing with our students well we talk about uh, not necessarily how they are divided in, into ages uh, and age groups, but also these five things. So what do we want sixth graders through eighth graders to know about discipleship? What do we want them to know about um, fellowship, um, worship, ministry, evangelism, all of those things? We talk about them in that, that way rather than what do we want sixth graders through eighth graders to know? So we go through all of these five foundations and talk about all these things, and then relate them to age appropriateness. So that's that's kind of how we model the youth ministry, and that's kind of how we've modeled our success over this past year. And looking forward, uh, what are these 6th through 8th graders knowing? What are these ninth and 10th graders knowing? What are our 11th and 12th graders knowing? And each individual stage should be a little bit more in-depth in terms of what these five foundations include. Yeah, wow. Uh, so I think this passage has a lot of challenges, uh, and specifically in like the first verse in, in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings, uh, to the fellowship of breaking bread and the prayers. Mm -hmm. Uh, what challenges, specific challenges do you think exist in the life of a believer, like the personal life of a believer? Well, I think that all five of these things are important in our lives and we should be trying to live them out on a daily basis. Mm. Um, so I need discipleship in my life every single day. I, I should be striving to uh, spend time in prayer with the Lord. I should be striving to uh, get something out of Scripture every single day. And, and so I think for, for that aspect, discipleship's good. Fellowship. I should constantly be looking for um, a, a set of believers to, to live life with uh, on a small small level, a small group level, you know, someone to challenge me, someone to hold me accountable, someone to uh, help me to to be who it is that God has called me to be. Yeah. Uh, worship, you know, I, I think a lot of times we, we consider worship just this aspect of, uh, of singing and lifting our voices, and that's part of it, but, but also uh, I think that listening to God is also a form of worship, you know, mm. uh, turning off the radio in the car and, and listening to, to how God is speaking through us throughout the day. And I think that that's an important form of worship that I strive for, uh, not only singing, singing to the Lord in the car, but, yeah. but also to, uh, how I can listen to him on a daily basis and then how I can serve others on a daily basis. And that may be as simple as, as buying someone's cup of cup of coffee at Starbucks or buying someone's Whataburger uh, whenever we go in for a meal or seeing someone who's in need, uh, 
on the street outside of Whataburger and providing for them, uh, but just giving generously and, and ministering to other people on a daily basis is something that we should be striving for. And then also evangelism on, an, on a daily basis. We should be constantly looking for opportunities and praying for opportunities to share our story and how the gospel and, and the love of Christ has changed our lives uh, on a daily basis. Because at the end of this passage, it says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And yeah. so um, if we are truly to live that out, then we need to be looking for opportunities at the grocery store. We need to be looking for opportunities at the gas station. We need to be looking for opportunities uh, at work or at school. And, and we tell the students all the time that, you know, that God has put them in those classes, in those lunches, in those activities, not just because that that's what they want to do, but because he has a purpose for their life. And that yeah. is to minister to other people and they share the gospel. Yeah. I, uh, I had the privilege of Judd being my youth pastor <laughs> when I was growing up and, and one thing that always stuck is that evangelism or or the gospel being preached is very much relational and not necessarily impersonal, right? Sure. And, oh, yeah, and absolutely. so something that we learned when we did our last uh, Disciple Now, the speaker, Izzy Mendez, uh, said that your faith was always intended to be personal, but never private. It's not a private function. And so for me, the, the best part about this passage, if you know me, you know this is true, uh, is uh, the fellowship to the breaking of bread. I love that this is in the Bible. I love that there is such a personal moment uh, around a meal. And if you've ever had a family meal or, or if you can remember back to your, your favorite memory of Thanksgiving, you understand that fun times or, or family-focused times are often found around the dinner table. Uh, and to me, this is just that moment of the disciples opened themselves up. Well, sure it to, is. To, to breaking of bread, sure. to centering around a meal, to sharing those intimate moments with each other. Uh, and prayer and the teachings came with that. And it was almost like this first step of, hey, we're going to be a family. We're going to love each other. We're going to, you know... Uh, respect one another and we're going to take ownership of each other and we're going to be a tribe and in that what we're going to do is we're going to devote ourselves to the apostles teachings and to the prayers uh and then all this other stuff happened you know all of their uh things uh they all had things in common with each other they all believed sure. and god did wonders through them uh so my favorite thing about this passage is just the centeredness around food <laughs> okay i mean there's just this huge element yeah. of, of them gathering for meals uh what is one of your favorite things that just kind of stands out to you in your life uh well kind of to follow that up uh if you look at jesus's life like some of the most uh intimate moments of his life and some of the most important moments of his life revolve around food right so uh the the first miracle in turning the water into wine that was at uh, the wedding feast, yes. you know, and so, and then if you look further on uh, in, into Jesus's ministry, you see, you know, times where, uh, you know, the, the, the Lord's Supper, you know, and, and Passover when they're celebrating Passover together and he's talking about the new covenant and breaking his, his, his life being broken, his body being broken um, as, as such. And so, um, and, and then you look on into, you know, even after Jesus died, whenever he appears to the disciples on the beach and they're having breakfast together and they're eating together, you look at uh, the woman at the well and that conversation really is revolving around water and food and, yeah. and Jesus talking about uh, talking about food. And so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you in that food seems to be something that, that we can all come together together. 
and be a part of. Yeah. In fact, I would say that there's something spiritual about eating together. Yeah. You know, very true. Um, you know, I think that probably the the times whenever we know most about one another or learn more about one another is when we're eating. You know, right. and where our, where our families are eating together and. And so I'm right there with you in, in, in terms of that. I think there's just something important about how Jesus did his ministry and sitting down and eating together and spending time uh, together, getting to know one another. But that's also how you you earn the right to be able to minister to other people, yeah, you know, right. in those most in, intimate moments of, yeah. uh, of eating together. I think uh, moving on, the, the, the modern church, um, there are some things in this passage that we do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are also some things that I would say we are challenged on. This 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 passage is a very <clears throat> challenging passage to the modern church. Uh, so what challenges do you see in this passage that's kind of calling us out? Well, I think in the modern church, it's about usually, if you look at it from, we look at things from a numbers perspective. Right. How big can we get? You know, and I think that success is a lot of times built around how big is your ministry, how right. big is your church, and, and and part of that is because we have mega churches now. You know, with that run thousands of people, ten thousands of right. people. Right. Right. But I think that the important part is this: is that the success of a church is while you're growing bigger and you're reaching people. You're also growing smaller at the same time. Right. I think if anything else, this passage encourages us to live life together with a small group of people. Hmm. So, um, so it's not about the numbers. You know, yeah, of course you want to grow. Of course you want numbers. Of course you want people to come to your church. But I think the true measurement is are people being discipled? I heard a quote the other day, uh, and um, it, it said this. Um, it was a pastor talking, um, and um, he said, um, I would rather us be biblical than large. Mm, yeah. It, you know, I'd rather us be a congregation that, that's biblical than large. So I think it's where you put the focus. You know, yeah. is it growing for the sake of growing or is it uh, growing for the sake of more people coming to know the Lord and then putting them and uh, giving them the opportunities to be involved in smaller groups, smaller groups as well for discipleship and fellowship and and also uh, just being able to be held accountable. Right. Uh, since I started at, at Trinity, my eyes have really been open to just the need uh, in the community around us uh, to be able to serve them and love them as they should be served and loved. And so for me, the biggest challenge from this passage to the modern church is um, verse 45, you know, and they were selling all their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. A little bit later in Acts, it said that this group of believers were selling their homes and giving everything they had to the ministry of Jesus. And for me, that challenge exists as, am I willing to be uncomfortable? Is the church yeah. that I go to willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of Christ? And that's a huge challenge. And that's something that we can't just say, yes, Jesus wants us to go sell our homes and, and give that away to people. Uh, but it's something that we have to talk through and we have to discuss. And, and I think in our student ministry specifically, because we're going through this passage so much, 
man, I think it's something that our students' eyes are opening to. And as our students' eyes are opening to it, my eyes are opening to it. And my encouragement, if you're listening to this, is just begin a dialogue with yourself, with God, about what this passage means. Um, Because it is challenging and it is hard to interpret in a personal way without just saying, oh, the church owes this great debt to its community around you. Well, that debt starts with us. Like, like sure. we are called to change our community. We are called to change our world through God, through the love of God, through what God wants for us to do. And, and man, I believe that that's the challenge as, as well as what you were talking about. Um, and this isn't an easy verse. And if no, you're listening no. and you're like, what are they talking about? I've never read that. Go read it, okay? Because yeah. it's going to blow your mind. Well, and I think that it can start on a smaller level, too. Sure. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> yes, they, they were selling all that they had and gave them to anyone who had need. But I think it can start on, on a more uh, simplified level. Yeah. You know, uh, what are you willing to give up in order to help someone in need? Yeah. No, maybe that's uh, something as simple as Netflix and to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to give my 10 bucks this, this time, this month, uh, to, to someone, I'm going to buy someone a meal right. or, or, or maybe it's, uh, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to give up, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe your thing is shopping. I don't, I don't really know. That's not really my thing. <laughs> like I have the same clothes that I've had for like 20 years and, yeah. uh, it, I, I guess they work still. Yeah. So, um, but may, maybe it's that you're going to give up shopping for, for, uh, a, a month or you're going to give up a, po- a portion of your shopping budget. Uh, for the month to, to help someone in need. And so I, I think it can go even, it, it, we can go simple before we have to go big. You know, I think that God calls us to be uh, faithful in the small things before he challenges us more in the big things. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, he, he wants to find us faithful in the small things uh, on an everyday basis it, rather than just basically knocking us off of our pedestal right. and, and, and calling us to sell our house. And that's not saying that he might not do that to you to, to right. downsize, but <laughs> yeah, at, sure. But, but at the same time, he's calling us to, to make the difference that we can make uh, on, on a small level before we, we start moving into a larger level. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I want to wrap up uh, by talking about this last thing. Verse 47, um, praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Um, there's this model of revival in the current church of you got to bring in a great band, you got to bring in a great speaker, you got to get everybody there for three days, you got to lead it in prayer, you got to have this these holy moments. Uh, but for me, verse 47 really calls um, our attention to there being a revival in the world, or or at least where they were, of just simplicity. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they broke bread, they prayed, they learned. Uh, they helped people, they helped their community and people grabbed onto it. Yeah. And so do you think that revival in the church can be based on this model of church? Well, I think that, you know, revival, especially in our country has always started with a few people praying. Sure. You know, um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that this challenges us to get small and to find two or three or four uh, six people, you know, in a small group setting to, to, to be dedicated to these things, to live out these foundations of discipleship and fellowship and worship and ministry and evangelism. And, and, and if a small group will, will pray about those and, and live those out in such a way, I, I think that revival can definitely start in a setting exactly like the early church. Yeah, well. Um, I think that I, I think it's important. You know, I think we see now um, 
churches that that are composed of, of home churches yeah. you know uh with francis chan and and the um the churches that he started in the the bay area you know we see um people who are, who are more and more going back to uh just this basic setup of the early church and yeah. so i think that there's a place and there's a there's a big place and a big need to to, to congregationally come together and to worship, mm. but also think that there's a need to, as a church grows larger, to grow smaller at the same time. Yeah. Well, hey, if you're listening and you liked what we were talking about, uh, please give us a share, give us a like on Facebook. Uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes for for those of you who want to share it out with people. Um, we enjoy talking about scripture. Um, that's the whole point of this podcast is for you to just hear two people dive in uh, to the Word of God and just let it ring true through the ages because the Word of God never fails and it will never fail uh, and it is God's Word to us. Um, so you can find me um, at uh, our Facebook page at Storehouses uh, Trinity Baptist Church. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Ethan Getrost. Uh, you can also email the show or email me. Um, it's Ethan at TrinityBaptist.org. Uh, Judd, where can they find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram either uh, or Facebook, either one, Judd underscore Cochran. Pretty easy, right? That is easy. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty pretty easy. <laughs> pretty pretty easy to find me. Yep. And then also, if they want to email me, it's jcochran at trinitybaptist.org. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and please uh, feel free to visit our student page, trinitybaptist.org slash students. Uh, we would love to hear from you, love for you to reach out, ask us any question you want. Uh, if you have anything that you want to add to the conversation about Acts chapter 2, again, go to that Facebook page and uh, start a dialogue. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, thank you. Uh, for listening to Storehouses. Mm-hmm.